Be sure to listen to the end for a message from the author. Sidewalk Audio presents Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenihan, read by the author. Chapter 27, The Choosing. They have entered the first Maubracht, Neve said. I couldn't see anything before, but I sure could now. A wall of light sprung to life as Mom and Dad hit it. It was like a force field in a science fiction movie. The air filled with tiny particles that glowed every color of the rainbow, and some colors the rainbow hadn't even thought of yet. Mom's black hair flew up and wildly floated about as if she was underwater and caught in a riptide. It was beautiful and terrifying. Their progress was painfully slow. It was obvious that this was not easy. At one point, Dad turned his head enough so I could see his face. He looked like he was screaming, but I couldn't hear anything. In fact, the chamber was eerily silent. Neve told me that no sound could penetrate the barriers. The first barrier is the easiest, she explained. The chooser can abandon the attempt and come back after the first Marbrocked and survive. After that, there is no turning back. It didn't look easy. I could tell that Mom and Dad were using every ounce of strength they had in order to push forward. Even so, I'd seen our hands on a clock move faster. We watched in silence. All the muscles in my body tensed up in sympathy. I looked on helplessly for what seemed like an eternity, and then the wall of light subsided. They made it through, and I found myself breathing again. Neither of them turned around or even paused. I could see Dad's leg shake as he put weight on it, like a weightlifter who had just overexerted himself. He was having a tough time of this. Do you think they're going to make it? I asked. I don't know, Neve said. I do know that both of them would rather die than fail. The second barrier was a lot brighter than the first. The second Maubracht is the hardest, Neve said calmly. Mom and Dad pushed on. I ached to see their faces, to get a sense of how they were doing, but I was glad I couldn't. I don't think I could have stood it. Connor, place the sword of door on the table. Neve's request came so out of the blue, I said, Huh? The sword of door, Neve explained, always sits on the stone table when a child of door is chosen. She said it in such a matter-of-fact voice that I just did as I was told. I figured she knew what she was doing. I placed the sword on the table and turned my attention back to Mom and Dad. I didn't think it was possible, but they were moving even slower than the last time. Do you have any other weapons? What? I said distractedly, not even looking at her. Oh, just the knife that Dahi gave me. One of Dahi's throwing blades? Can I see it? Oh, for heaven's sake, I thought. My parents are seconds away from killing themselves, and you want to admire cutlery. But then I thought, 
Okay, if this is how she was dealing with the pressure, who am I to complain? It didn't even occur to me what she was really doing. She was disarming me. I reached out of my sock and handed her my knife without even looking. She took the knife and, with the reflexes of a cat, came up behind me. Her left hand grabbed me by the side of the neck, and her right hand brought the blade to my throat. I was so stunned I didn't react right away. But when I did, I realized I couldn't move. My neck was killing me. Neve was wearing a ring with some sort of needle in it. A gold needle, I rightly assumed. I was completely paralyzed. I tried pulling away, but nothing was moving. I was rigid as a flagpole. I attempted to speak and was surprised that I could. What are you doing? Don't try to move, Connor, she said. I tried anyway. The only thing that seemed to be working were my eyeballs. I looked down and I saw that my own knife was about an inch from my throat. Neve, I repeated, what are you doing? My duty, she said. Hey, I thought we dealt with this already. Dad's getting his hand back, and I'm no longer one-handed junior. If Oisin succeeds, I will let you go. If he doesn't, I asked. She didn't answer, but I guess it was a stupid question. I continued to watch Mom and Dad. I had no choice. It was the way I was facing. The second Marbrocht was putting on a spectacular display. It was so beautiful and terrifying that I almost forgot I was paralyzed and had a murderous relative holding a knife to my throat. Almost. I relaxed for a second when I remembered Mom's protection spell, but then I remembered that it only works once. Neve had tried to kill me already. I had an infantile urge to call out to my parents, but they couldn't help me or even hear me, and I wouldn't have wanted to break their concentration anyway. We were so engrossed in the fireworks that we didn't hear the footsteps until the last second. Neve spun me around on one of my tent-pole legs, like a comedian dancing with a department store mannequin. She took the knife from my throat and cocked her hand back in readiness to throw. It was Essa. When Neve saw who it was, I felt her relax and replace the knife to my throat. Essa stood still and took in the situation. Her expression turned serious, but it wasn't the look of shock that I expected. How's it going? she said. How's it going? I shouted. What do you mean, how's it going? She's trying to kill me, that's how it's going. Essa lowered her eyes in guilt. They're almost through the second Marbrocht, Neve replied calmly. You knew about this, didn't you? I spat at Essa. You're part of this! Connor, she said in a compassionate voice that I had never heard come out of her before. If this works, you have nothing to worry about. What if it doesn't work, eh? Maybe you'll allow me to worry about that. Connor, don't Connor me. I'm not surprised that my... Dear old aunt would pull something like this. She's been trying to kill me ever since we met. But you, I thought we... Oh, never mind. Neve, I said, trying to turn around, which of course failed. If this doesn't work, I want Essa to be the one that sticks the knife into my neck. I don't want somebody who loves me doing it. Oh boy, I, I may have been paralyzed, but I sure got her in the solar plexus with that one. Essa 
instantly placed her hand over her mouth and turned her back on me. Right away I regretted saying that, but I was mad. What was I supposed to do? Apologize to the girl who was trying to kill me? She finally looked at me again. Her face was wet with tears. I don't think I have ever seen a more miserable countenance. Then her eyes widened in sudden alarm. She looked around the chamber and said, Where is Fergal? What do you mean, where is Fergal? I said, I thought he was with you. Araf sent him down here to tell you that I had found the gold lines and that we would soon be done. You let Fergal wander around the castle alone? How long ago was that? Ages ago, she said. Panic took over her face. It took longer than I thought to cut the gold lines, and then I wasted time before I discovered that guard upstairs was petrified. Oh, my God, I said, as the realization dawned on me. I know where he is. He's going to kill Kielty. Oh, my gods, Essa said. Oh, my gods. I was just about to tell her to get out of there and look for him when the whole chamber started to rumble. Neve spun me back around. They have entered the final Malbrock, she said. The overall color of the third barrier wasn't as bright as the second's, but Mom and Dad's right hands looked as if they were spouting out the entire contents of a fireworks factory. The rumble got louder, and the floor vibrated beneath our feet. That's why we didn't hear him approach. You have been listening to Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenahan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. To hear more of their fabulous music, please visit their website, www.lunasa.ie. That's www.lunasa.ie. For more information about Shadow Magic or its author, please visit www.shadowmagic.co.uk Thank you very much for listening. Hello, I'm John Lenahan, and I'm the writer and reader of Shadow Magic. I've deliberately not put any uh, personal messages on the end of my chapters, because I wanted your experience with shadow magic to be almost the same as reading the book. But it's occurred to me that if you were reading a book, you'd know how close to the end you were. So I thought I'd interrupt uh, your listening a little bit and just warn you that there's only four more chapters left. Shadow magic will finish on chapter 31. I'd like to answer another common question, if I can. Many people have emailed me and asked, what the actual track is uh, that I use for the theme music. The theme music is by a band called Lunasa. Five years ago, I performed with them uh, in my other role, my day job, uh, for those of you who don't know. I'm a professional comedian and magician. And uh, Lunasa and I performed together in Hong Kong on St. Patrick's Day, the year 2000. 
They were a great gang, and ever since then, I've uh, bought and listened and loved everything they've ever recorded. Uh, but the actual music for the uh, opening of Shadow Magic is called Island Patty, and it can be found on their album, The Kinnity Sessions. That's K-I-N-N-I-T-T-Y, The Kinnity Sessions, Island Patty. Buy everything Lunasa ever did. They're brilliant. Lastly, uh, I'd really like to thank uh, everyone for listening to Shadow Magic. I wrote Shadow Magic for two reasons a couple years ago. Uh, one was uh, so it could be a story I could read to my son Finbar uh, before he went to sleep at night. But secondly, I wanted to see if I could do it, if I could really write a novel. And I've had it sitting around for a while doing nothing, and I discovered this podcast world, and I decided to give it a try. And I have to say that your response has uh, made me have a new faith in shadow magic, and I think it's going to make me sit down and write the next of the two sequels I have plotted in my head. So I don't know if I'm going to be lucky enough to get published or when I'm going to get around to podcasting uh, the next book in this series. But what I'd love for you to do, if you haven't already, is to just send me an email just saying hi at john at shadowmagic.co.uk. Just so that, uh, and I promise I won't let anybody else have your emails, but uh, when uh, I do decide to do something else with this, I'd really like to be able to let everyone know. Lastly, I'd like to ask a favor, if you could. Um, Patiobooks.com, which is uh, where this book is. It's, there's also another feed, uh, which is on my website. But I'd love it if you went to Patiobooks.com. Uh, you have to subscribe, but it doesn't cost any money. And um, if you haven't already, rate the program. It's, you don't have to write anything. It's a five-star rating. Uh, I'd really appreciate it if you would... Um, put uh, uh, make sure you put a vote in on there it, it helps get me higher up the charts and then more people get to uh, listen to shadow magic thank you very much for listening everyone it really means a lot to me cheers